If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot, and I always sail with travel insurance. You should, too. Get a free quote today at TripInsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. (laughs) This is Cruise Radio. How's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Celebrity Reflection today. And Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. A new video up on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel, a walkthrough of Holland America's new Amsterdam. That ship came out in 2010, and it's right there on the channel waiting for you. Also, don't forget about Cruise Radio News, daily quick hits of the news, Monday through Friday. It's the podcast that runs opposite of this one. You can find it where you listen to your favorite show. Just type in Cruise Radio News. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Things are slowly starting to get back to normal for the cruise lines and their private islands. They are. It was just announced that Carnival Cruise Lines will begin port stops at Half Moon Key. Carnival Pride and Carnival Liberty are scheduled to call at the recently reopened Bahamian destination. En route, though, both ships will stop at Freeport on Grand Bahama Island to drop off some much-needed supplies and food. It was also announced that Royal Caribbean has returned to their perfect day at Coco K, as they say, last Saturday. So in total, Carnival plans 41 port calls to Nassau, Half Moon Key, and Princess Keys throughout September. So that's a pretty aggressive plan. This next story is interesting because it's one cruise line starts something that everyone else starts doing it, but Norwegian Cruise Line is testing a new program. They are, and you're absolutely right. So they're testing this new program where passengers can pay for perks And there's some of the same perks that are offered in Norwegian's Latitudes Loyalty Program. So, like you said, it's very similar to what other cruise lines have for their perks for purchase programs. For example, like Carnival's Faster to the Fun. So, Norwegian's calling theirs Priority Access. And it's currently being tested on Norwegian Breakaway and Norwegian Sky. And the cost will range from $69 per stateroom to $199 per stateroom depending on the type of stateroom that you book. So there's a little bit of a a downside, but it's nothing unusual. Guests who reserve Haven and owner's suites, plus Latitude guests with Platinum, Platinum Plus, and Ambassador levels are not able to purchase the program, and that's because most of the perks are already available to them. Um, Norwegian's priority access perks include, in case you're interested, you know, you'll get priority security, check-in and boarding. You'll get priority debark when you get home. You'll have priority tendering at, obviously, ports where you have to tender. They will also have a daily complimentary basic room service breakfast menu, which is kind of nice. They'll also give you a $50 spa credit for port days only. And on day two, they will deliver a plate of canapes. Priority access currently is available, though, for only 25 cabins uh, per sailing. And whether or not Norwegian decides to increase the amount of cabins that may purchase priority access, you know, it'll depend on how well this whole thing sells. 
And there's no information right now if this will be rolled out fleet-wide. Now, who do you think the first cruise line is going to be to start charging for checked luggage? Um, Do I dare (laughs) say it? (laughs) Oh, well, you know what, though? I mean, I'm the kind of person that will pay for perks. Like if I'm going to a theme park, I'll totally pay for the fast pass to skip the line. So yeah, it's not that bad. 69 bucks. I mean, just pay it and call it a day. It includes your whole stateroom. So it's not like it's per person. Yeah, you know, I just I feel kind of bad for people that have you know spent so much money to well, become uh, the yeah. ambassador level, and you know just so that they can have priority on and off the ship and things like that. And now, twenty five cabins per sailing will also have that. But you know, if there's only it's fifty people, maybe seventy five. It's not huge, but it could ruffle a few feathers. But then again. You know, for people that can't afford to cruise all the time. And like you said, you know, just want to buy a perk to have some of these priority uh, features. Um, You know, that's a nice, nice thing to be able to do if that's all you can afford. Yeah, I mean, it does dilute the loyalty program like it did when Carnival was the first cruise line to roll this out back in 2012, I believe. And the Platinum and Diamond guests were all fired Mm -hmm. up. And then Royal did it with the key. Same kind of feedback and reaction. So we'll see how the... Loyal Norwegian folks act to this one. So uh, moving on here, new data shows the cheapest time to book a cruise. I'm curious. So talk to us about this. And I want to get your thoughts because you were like a travel agent for 25 years. According to this new study, apparently they say the best time to book a cruise is 10 weeks before it begins. So this new data was compiled by CruiseWatch.com. And it says... That Holland America Line's best deals are available one week in advance, and they say the same goes for Disney. But if you're curious, I'll give you a quick rundown on when to book what cruise line. And again, it's according to this study done by CruiseWatch.com. And it's important to remember, you know, just because you're going to wait to the last minute, your hopes could be dashed because you may not get the stateroom of your choice. Main dining room seatings and specialty restaurants may already be filled because they do fill up early, and even some sought-after shore excursions could be sold out. And there's other limited experiences and book-early perks that you just may not be entitled to. But if that's not important, here's when you should book to save big. And first of all, again, Holland, Disney, and um, Princess say you can save the most if you book one week in advance. The next one is Costa. If three weeks in advance, you'll get the best deal. Norwegian, they say to book the last second, hmm. and you can get you can save up to fifty five percent. Azmara, eight weeks in advance to save fifty four percent. Cunard, fifty two percent if you book five weeks in advance, and Royal, if you book nine weeks in advance, they say you will th- save thirty six percent. Carnival, ten weeks in advance, and you'll save about twenty five percent. You want my opinion on that? Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> I've had people that, you know, it's so, it's so frustrating when you, when you, when the deployment's announced, you know, 18 months ahead and you pick out this fabulous midship balcony stateroom or one of the nice, um, twisted shaped inside staterooms. And then you keep watching the prices and you watch them and you make your final payment, what, 70, 90 days, Mm -hmm. 60 days prior and suddenly it's sl- the price is slashed and you can just about hit your head against the wall. It's like going into a slot machine. You don't know if you're going to win or not. If you're a gambler, if you don't care where your cabin is, if you don't care about specialty dining, if you're just in it to get a great price, 
um, wait till the last minute. And our last talking point here, Princess Cruise's latest or I guess upcoming ship completed a major milestone. Princess Cruise's newest ship, Sky Princess, passed an important milestone that all new cruise ships have to uh, try out. So it successfully completed a series of rigorous sea trials and it's under construction right now at Fincantieri Shipyard in Italy. Sky Princess headed out to sea and underwent tests that included propulsion, maneuverability. They tested out all the navigational equipment, and luckily, everything went as planned. So following the six days at sea, Sky Princess returned back to the shipyard, and the finishing touches will be applied in time for the ship's first actual voyage, which will take place on October 20th next month. Sky Princess will then depart from Athens on a seven-day Med and Adriatic cruise heading to Barcelona. All right, listener question time. This one comes from Tracy. Before we get to Tracy's question, I do want to say, if you've emailed me a listener question, I have received it. I may not have replied yet because of being in Alaska for 14 days and coming back to Hurricane Dorian straight from Anchorage, Alaska. So I'm getting to your questions. I promise. Keep them coming. Doug at cruiseradio.net. Tracy wants to know, should I let the cruise line book my air? What are the pros and cons? Well, Tracy, um, again, if my what did you call it, Doug? My my twenty five years like a travel agent. I so I, all, I always say like. I'm sorry. It's it's a crutch no. of mine. I'm just kidding around. But it really, Tracy, it really all depends. And you know what I've learned over those twenty five years is when you book your crew, your air through the cruise line, you never know what you're going to get. So. They could fly you north to go south. Airlines and flight times are at their discretion. They buy bulk air, and they will sort people out depending on the cheapest way to get them from point A to point B, even if it's like A.1.2.3 to get there. So, um, you know, but then here's the other side. If you're a new cruiser, um, if you're not familiar with booking all this air, um, it does make sense, and it makes cruise planning a fairly seamless experience if you let the cruise line book your air. And that's especially true if you're flexible. Um, and another thing I used to tell people, if you're not the type of person who wants to arrive a day early, which, Doug, we always tell people to come in a day early, mm-hmm. if you book your air through the cruise line and there's a delay, it's their responsibility to get you to the ship. Um, and even if, you know, especially in the wintertime, if they have a plane load of passengers out of Chicago going to Fort Lauderdale and the flight is delayed, they're going to take care of it. Now, here's another thing that you can do, and um, you can choose to pay extra. Now, what this means is cruise lines have, uh, I want to call it like a concierge service. So, for example, Celebrity used to have what they called Choice Air. Now it's called Flights by Celebrity. And what you do is you pay a premium. You'll pay an extra amount per person, but that gives you the option to choose your own airlines and your own flights. It it just all really depends. If you're new, like I said, if you're new to cruising and you don't want to have to hassle with anything that, you know, they'll take your luggage. They'll, you'll claim it at the terminal when you arrive at your port city, and then they will whisk your luggage off to the ship. It does make it a lot easier but unless you pay the premium to choose your own airline and flight times, just be prepared. Like I said, you may go north to go south. You may go east to go west. And, Doug, you've been routed like to Houston and 
all sorts of weird places trying to get across country. Yeah, I was routed from Jacksonville to JFK and then back down to Puerto Rico again once for a cruise. The <laughs> I, mean, that, I, could, I just was, I was cracking up over that one. So yeah, it just all depends on what your, you know, your tolerance. And you're very patient with that. I would, I, you know, I couldn't do it. But um, if you're patient and you just want to do that, and again, compare prices too, because sometimes the prices will be higher if you go through the cruise line because you're paying for that seamless experience. So Tracy, I hope that helped. There's pros and cons. Um, again, if you're a newbie cruiser, think about these seriously because, um, you know, you want to start out your vacation on, you know, happy and relaxed and not stressed over making your flight on time if you book it on your own. I would add to that, that if you live in the Midwest or somewhere that really gets cold and snowy in the mm-hmm. wintertime, it may mm-hmm. not hurt to do that cruise line air just for the extra peace of mind. Totally. You know, they'll get you, if you book it through them and the weather holds you up or whatever, they are responsible for getting you to your next port. Been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting cruisingexcursions.com. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at tripinsurance.com. Not not only does tripinsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, tripinsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out tripinsurance.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. John and his wife just returned on a 12-night cruise on Celebrity Reflection. Hey, John. How you doing? Let's take a step back. What made you want to take this 12-night Arabian Nights in Taste of India sailing? It's an interesting story. We initially were wanting to do a few days in Dubai, maybe a week in Dubai, and it was going to cost a fortune. Mm-hmm. And our travel agent came back to us and said, you know what? I can do you this 12-night cruise that takes in Dubai and it'll also get you to India. And we said, OK, let's look at that. And we thought it's going to be way too expensive. And it was cheaper than six nights in a nice hotel in Dubai. So we leapt at it and uh, we weren't disappointed. Where exactly do you live in the UK? I'm in um, central Scotland, halfway between oh. Glasgow and Edinburgh. OK, 
cool. So you make your way from uh, central Scotland down to Abu Dhabi. How was that process? You know, you get to Abu Dhabi. Did you do any pre-cruise nights there or did you go right on the ship? Nope. Um, we flew on New Year's Day uh, from Glasgow direct to Dubai. We were we arrived early morning, picked up by a bus, uh, driven straight to the cruise terminal. And uh, the process started from there. It was, it was We were tired, but it was an excellent, very smooth, seamless operation. How is the English language over there? It's very good. I mean, there's obviously a, a strong accent. The people that were doing the check-in were uh, crew staff. So, or also in the the UAE, there's an awful lot of people from outside um, the, the, that country. So, you've got a lot of people that speak English anyway. Yeah. So, the the check-in process was actually very very smooth. I hadn't got round because I was busy in my real life to doing the um, online check-in, mm-hmm. and I was petrified it was all going to go horribly wrong we turned up just put my hand up and said here's my passport here's my ticket can you get me on the ship and it took us about 10 minutes tops to get uh, checked through into our cabin uh the, we had, there was a bit of administration getting past the taking our passports past the um local guys but again it was just a, a small queue so the process was very good it was primarily carried out in english and i, I couldn't fault it from curb to ship what was the total time there i'm going to say between 15 and 20 minutes it was very wow. very quick that was fast. Yeah. Now, we were concierge, so our line was shorter, but the speed at which they were processing everybody was extraordinary. Uh, we were talking before we started recording, and you said you've sailed Celebrity Reflection before. Uh, what were your impressions going on this time around? It certainly had a refurb since the first time I sailed on it, but um, it was it's still a great ship. It's nice to go back to a very slightly smaller ship, and it feels more intimate. The, the great thing with Sailing Celebrity a few times is that you know what the, the, the fixtures are, and it's a case of locating where they are and get to them on the ship. So it was, it was thoroughly excellent. Really loved it. What's the first thing you did when you got on board? Uh, we located our stateroom, and uh, we, so we knew where that was. And then we went for some food, as everyone does. And then we basically sat around by the pool and drank a beer and ate a hot dog. It was lovely. Awesome. So uh, what kind of stateroom did you book, and what did you think of it? It was a balcony stateroom on the um, Deck 12. Uh, it was excellent. Again, you, I'm a, a fairly frequent celebrity cruiser, so I knew what to expect of it, but beautifully presented. We had a stateroom attendant who was almost invisible. Uh, he'd, he, would, he would say hello and that was it, and he would just appear, make everything perfect, and then disappear again. One of those guys, he was yeah. outstanding. And the room was good. The TVs have had a refresh, so the, the new uh, system was in there. It's the first time I've been in a cruise with Celebrity that had reasonably high-speed Wi-Fi as well. Mm-hmm. So it's still not inexpensive, but uh, the, the service was excellent. What do you think of the the balcony space? It's good. I mean, obviously, in some of the ships, if you go to the the back of the ship, you can get an enormous balcony. But the two of us were able to stretch out in our loungers and you know read our books or whatever. It, it was it was it was good enough for us too. Let's switch gears here and talk about dining on reflection. Uh, before you sailed, did you buy any um, dining packages or anything? No, we uh, had the classic beverage package, which we upgraded the moment we arrived. But uh, no, we uh, were anytime diners. So we were doing that most nights. And we were going in at the busy time, around about eight o'clock each night. 
Uh, we uh, normally got seated within 10, 15 minutes, which forced us to take a short trip to the bar. Yeah. Uh, but but it, was, it was excellent. You know, again, staff are very friendly. The whole thing works very well. Um, I'm more of a fan of the, the old-fashioned formal dining. Mm-hmm. My wife, Moira, prefers the um, anytime so we can just pitch up and meet different people every night. But it was good. We you know, made lots of friends. We ate lots of excellent food. And that's one of the great things with celebrity is, as you know, the, the the food is absolutely first rate. So that was tremendous. Absolutely. You mentioned you, you had to wait maybe like 10 minutes to get seated for any time. Yeah. Was, was there like a pager system there or how did that work? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It was the pager system. So uh, more or less most nights and the length of time it took me to get to the bar uh, get a couple of martinis, the the pager went off. So we're taking our martinis in with us. It was that kind of time zone. And the, the, the there was a bar with live music, literally three minutes walk from the, the restaurant. So it was outstanding. I bet they do that on purpose. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know? Of course it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got a national stereotype to keep up. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about the main dining room. Uh, how was the... What do they call the uh, the cafe up there, the, the buffet area? Oh, Ocean gosh, Hill? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, Ocean... Yeah. yeah. What yeah. do you think of that? The Ocean View Cafe was very good. There was one night um, I actually took, we took dinner up there because it was it was lovely. It seemed to spend as much time fifty percent closed as open, and you always suffer from that problem that people have in uh, buffet areas of people looking at the foods and not looking at where they're walking. So there's all that thing going on. But the food was outstanding. It was the most excellent. We were able to get you know a wee bellini in the morning or whatever with with ease. There was plenty of servers looking after those additional things that you want that makes your trip that wee bit more special. Uh, so very good. And the, the food was always to a high standard. With the um, reflection, they have a lot of different specialty restaurants around the ship. Did you take part in dining in any of those? Yeah, we went to Tuscan Grill um, a couple of nights, uh, which is an Italian specialty offering. Um, and it's very good. The, the one difficulty I have as a Brit is that they're giving you the best of service, American style, and every thirty seconds somebody else would turn up with me to me when I had a you know mouthful of pasta, and they would be saying, "How's your meal this evening?" And I'm going, mm-hmm. uh, but it was the food was gorgeous, really, really nice, and nice wines, and they looked after us very well, and it was never hugely busy. So if you were looking for a, a little getaway from the, the you know the noise and the bustle and whatever, it's a great place to go, and the the noodle bar was was tremendous as well on five where we we actually had lunch there a few times and we're just happy to pay for it but we went for an evening meal once and again it was really high standard very very tasty food uh we also paid for um a wine tasting that happened in that same venue Mm -hmm. and normally i completely avoid these things but it was great fun there was um lots of various staff you know demonstrating the wines and telling you what to look out for and that's quite nice because it makes you feel special about yourself you would never do that at home (laughs) are you a big wine drinker Uh, yeah more white than reds these days but i enjoy my wines but it was great to walk up and down and you know enjoy the flavors and be told what was what because you you felt you were learning something yeah. I'm sure I was actually was drinking wine, but by the end of it, at least I knew what wine I was drinking. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with the noodle bar, is there a surcharge there? Yes, and now I can't remember how much the surcharge is, but it wasn't enormous. The food was great. There was noodles, there was sushi, there was sashimi. You know, a, a good mixture of Oriental food. So it was it was a tremendous place to go, and again, fairly quiet. I think 
um, as a kind of aside, the I'm used to going on a cruise and meeting lots of people from the US. But this cruise ship, it must have been because it was so close to the UK, was full of Brits that were maybe 10, 15 years older than me. And they weren't keen to upgrade themselves to spend the extra money. So if you wanted to meet the interesting people, you would go to the, these restaurants and suddenly you've got Americans nearby and whatever. And the, the food was just you know out, outstanding. Very nice. Let's uh, let's switch gears here and talk about the entertainment aboard Celebrity Reflection. What did you think of it? It was it's all right. I'm not a great man for the um, big shows, mm-hmm. so I didn't do much of that. But generally around the place, um, I wish you could remember his name, but there was a, a solo guy doing sort of Coldplay Ed Sheeran covers. Mm-hmm. But and that undersells him enormously because he was actually better than Ed Sheeran at being Ed Sheeran. He was he was well. you know outstanding. So there was a bit of that going on. At some of the, you know, you would move around the bars and the public spaces. Uh, it's 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 a good ship for that kind of thing. It's well run. When you're walking around the ship, since you didn't do many of the shows, did you find there to be like enough musicians and um, different acts between the you know throughout the public venues on reflection? Yes, for me, um, there was. I'm not. I'm not going to dwell on. Them, but there was one band I wasn't particularly bothered about, so it was quite easy to you know get a drink and go somewhere else and find something you liked more. And I would imagine that worked the same for everybody else. There was there was a, a lot of options, and they did a good job of you know the public spaces had competing things. So it wasn't that the whole ships had sounded the same way. You would go to different places and hear different kinds of music. And that was tremendous. Cool. Now you've had, uh, you had a few sea days on this sailing. How was the ship during the days at sea? It did very well, apart from on the morning of the first day at sea. Mm-hmm. Um, the morning of the first day at sea, um, there's a, a meme in the UK that we believe that um, Germans steal all the sunbeds. <laughs> and so my wife went up, I came up with her, for, you know, forage for breakfast for or whatever. And all the sunbeds were taken. This was at 8.15, 8.30 in the morning. And people going up at about 7 in the morning and, you know, bagged the best sun loungers on the ship. Either that or the eight Germans on the ship did a magnificent job of you know, <laughs> sealing off all the loungers. But it, they got there because there were a lot of people started complaining to the pool butlers and whatever, and very quickly they got the process working where you know, towels were being taken off and uh, the, the people were moving along. It, it, it worked. The ship didn't feel too full. Uh, it's, not, it's not that enormous a ship by modern standards. Uh, so up by the pool were doing well. I was happy to sit in my balcony, my feet up, and read my book. To be honest, yeah, awesome. Now, how about the restaurants during sea days? How were they? Good, um, pretty busy, but not so busy because obviously every option was cranked up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a great believer in burgers, so I was having burger and a beer at lunchtime, and you would never wait more than two or three minutes for some food. Does that ship have a solarium? Yes, this time we never went to it. Um, it has the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The hood that can pull over. Retractable roof, uh, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And as you go back into, and behind that was the spa area at the back of the um, solarium place. But again, that was quite quiet. It, was, you know, it, it wasn't too crazy. And the time of year we were going, there were almost no children. So you, you didn't have to run the, ga- the, the gamut of children running back and forth and whatever. It was So again, well managed. And when they spotted there was a problem on the first sea day, they just flooded the area with staff and made sure it was all sorted out. So well managed. I think the hotel management got a big tick in the box for that. Were there a lot of Americans and Brits on there? 
It was mostly British. Okay. Let's talk about the ports of call on this 12-night sailing. Um, I'll let you just kind of bang through them and give us a highlight from each one. Yeah, it was a very strange one because these are places I've never been before and they're very non-traditional ports of call. Uh, so we went, we got on the ship in Abu Dhabi. We didn't come off in Abu Dhabi because we just thought, nah, we've, we've travelled down here, we'll stay on the boat. So the first port of call we went to properly was uh, Muscat in Oman. And that was tremendous. We used um, Celebrity Cruises' own um, trips for all of these things. And they did a good job of setting us up with local people that would you know, take us on a nice tour and show us things. So we saw uh, mosques and a souk and a decent tour of some of the palaces because uh, Oman is a very rich place. Uh, the king there is worth millions of dollars. So we had a, a, it was a, it was a great tour and you saw the wealth. And the interesting takeaway from that was that in 1970, that country had no roads and it had the, honestly the best paved highways you ever did see. It was sure. tremendous. So we got off the ship there, or back onto the ship there, and then we had a few days at sea and we went to Goa, which is uh, an, a state in India, which was run by the Portuguese until about 1960-61 from memory. And it's got not it, totally not the um, personality you'd expect. It's very obviously Indian, and it's got chaotic driving and narrow roads and all of that thing going on, but it's very chilled, very laid back, very historically European. So we did the tour. There's a World Heritage site there that's got old um, churches and so on in there. Saw a lot of that. And uh, they were amazing because the the culture clash of old Christianity with um, the old Indian cultures was fascinating. And it looked good. We ended up at um, uh, a family home, basically, having tea and admiring a beautiful view. It was a a nice day out, very um, low impact. Mm -hmm. But it was nice to see history and get a flavour for the culture of the place rather than spend a day at the beach. To me, a day at the beach is... You could you could do that you know anywhere any day, and this is perhaps my one trip to India. Uh, from there, short sail overnight to Mumbai, and uh, we opted to do the full whole first day in Mumbai and do like a, the kind of combination of two different excursions, and it was extraordinary, Doug. We um, off the ship into the world's craziest traffic. If you think Manhattan has uh, crazy traffic, uh, you're, you're you're completely wrong. Any of those avenues that have four or five lanes on them mm-hmm. would have 10 lanes of <laughs> Indian vehicles on them. Um, so that, that was amazing to see the driving. It's all going on at 20 miles an hour, so it's never properly dangerous, but that was good. Through the city, as, as a person from the UK, I recognised a lot of the, the architecture and so on from back in the day when it was part of, you know, it was part of the British Empire back then. But the Indian culture just flows through. I was totally amazed. Uh, We saw so many different things. We had a walk through, again, a kind of Portuguese village part of it. You saw that whole business of um, poverty and extreme wealth living completely cheek by jowl with each other. Uh, So that was fascinating to see. We took a very short trip on a train, maybe 15 minutes from one of the central stations out. And the train, were allegedly we were first class. Uh, <laughs> it was like no first class I've ever seen before. But on the other hand, it worked. You know, the thing moved along and our little group all got to our destination. Uh, we saw the guys that were, that were doing uh, hand washing, not women, guys. 
doing hand washing and all of that stuff. Uh, and then there was a, a break at lunchtime for fundamentally curry for lunch. Uh, and that was, and that was in a nice hotel and driving around Mumbai, it totally took the scales from my eyes because I was at that kind of, we, we see India on the TV and you think it's going to be this way. Mm-hmm. And no, way more modern, way more clean. Uh, it was it was an excellent city, something. And you've got old and new. We went to the the Gandhi Museum, and we saw lots of stuff about his life and how he did what he did. That was fascinating as well. So tremendous place. Uh, I'm 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 determined to go back to India now. Um, was that the last port of call? No, we came back to Dubai. We did uh, again after a few sea days, and Dubai was fundamentally um, a trip up the Burj Khalifa, which is. Oh, one of the tallest buildings in the world. We're mm-hmm. up to the 124th floor. That was tremendous. Wow. And the views are just extraordinary from around there. And then with a, a short amount of time to um, kind of wander around the mall and see the world's largest Apple store and all that kind of business. <laughs> but and there was a the, the place where the, the meeting point for coming back from a free time, I've never seen so many supercars in my life. There must have been 50 supercars in a circle of Ferraris and Lamborghinis and all sorts. So that was fascinating. I would have loved to have spent more time there. Uh, the, the skyline in Dubai was extraordinary. And for uh, if you're a cruise addict, the very cool thing about where we um, did the, the birthing was you could see the Queen Elizabeth II mm-hmm. from where we oh, were. Wow, because yeah. It, it's yeah, there, it right? lives there. Yeah. Yeah. So I got some great photographs of the QE2 against the Dubai skyline, you know, as the sun was going down. And, uh, you know, f- for the end of your day where you're having a, a glass of something and that's your view as the sun sunset, oh, sunsets, yeah. tremendous. You cannot beat that. You can't buy that. Dubai was one of those cities they pretty much just built in the desert, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And they're on the edge of the sea and they've reclaimed land and so on. And the thing that really overwhelmed me was, I, I'm maybe stupid, but I was expecting to see lots of sand. Mm-hmm. But I saw lots of greenery. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, so when we went around, of course, there's there's sand and you're on the edge of the desert. But my goodness, you know, they're they're desalinating the water and whatever. Uh, This has been, I've been on lots of cruises where I've been, you know, look at this historical thing, look at this city and whatever. But I feel I learned an awful lot about a part of the world that I thought I knew a lot about. So from Dubai, the ship sailed back to Abu Dhabi, and that was disembarkation. And bizarrely, just the way our flight worked out, we were bussed back to Dubai to fly home. You make your way back to Abu Dhabi. How was your disembarkation? It was very good. Uh, One of our cases lost its tag, and the um, local handlers didn't have a lot of English. So that was a bit worrying for about three minutes. Mm-hmm. But, but once we worked out where the untagged bags were, everything was fine. Uh, straight onto our bus, uh, out to the airport. Dubai airport is, is, is a fantastic place to be, but it's enormous. It's an enormous airport. So you have to allow a lot of time to get from A to B in there. With the um, customs or immigration getting off the ship, was that pretty easy too? Yeah, there was a lot of customs going on, though. India is a country that likes its customs, and you you, you end up having your passport checked more than once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and one traveler's tip that I would, would definitely share is, if you're going on a cruise that involves a stop in India, be vigilant about getting your Indian uh, visa sorted out, because 
it's a complex process, and especially in the UK, you have to you know do personal visits and and so on, and the form is quite opaque. Uh, it's a it's a difficult thing to do, so it's not a thing to put off to the last minute like we did. Does the cruise line help you with that process? Not tremendously. There is some help on the website. I've actually half written a sort of um, guide to, to share with my travel agent, and I'll happily share it with you mm-hmm. um, on, on what the steps are to get the Indian visa. And it, it's just silly things like which version of citizenship do you say you've got of the country you're in. Um, and so on, because there are right answers and wrong answers. You just don't want to get and bounced back. Right. And it's tougher than a Russian visa to get. So wow. it just it, it just takes a bit of doing. That said, we were you know there. We had our visas. They looked at our passports all the time. There was like three passport checks between getting off the ship and getting out in, into India proper. But you, you felt safe for it, so there's, there's no particular problem. It's a tremendous ship, and the staff are ridiculously friendly. So, uh, no, I would, I would just go for it and lap it up. Awesome. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight for you? Mumbai. The day in Mumbai blew me away. Um, I'll, I will not forget that day for the rest of my life. We saw so many cool things. We saw things we'd only ever seen on TV before. Uh, we had Indian food in India. The crazy traffic, the smells, mm-hmm. the just a, a woman walking a cow through the street. And she had food for the cow in her head. And apparently the Hindus in, in, in Mumbai need to do a good deed every day. It's like being a Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. Cool. And the good deed was give her some money and she would feed the cow. You're not going to meet that anywhere else no, in the world. I'll, I was going to say, yeah, that's unique to uh, there yeah. for sure. Yeah, final thoughts of Celebrity Reflection. I love that ship. It was tremendous. Uh, I'm a big fan of celebrity anyway. I like the way they approach things. I like the way they do things. But I thought reflection on that trip did a a very good job of managing a large crowd with lots of sea days and then giving us lots to do when we were in port. So I'm very pleased with it. Awesome. John, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, No, you're very welcome. Thanks, Doug. All right, Dougie, here we go for uh, the new uh, cruise radio stuff here for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.